my gosh, with all the things that I am still, I hate to be creepy about this, but still kind of hot after Martha Stewart. <laughs> all that swimsuit. talk about Martha Stewart in a swimsuit on the cover of Sports oh, Illustrated. That is mm. just, that got you. rev Rev you up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or the transgender guy uh, that's in a bikini on the on the cover. That's it's another great cover. It's another it's another, another great cover. It's a, uh, and the good thing about the Martha Stewart part is um, uh, she's eighty one. Just just a year older than than Joe Biden. Don't you want to see him? In Don't a you want to see him? Yeah, I would. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, Ooh, imagine a sex <laughs> tape between the two. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I gotta stop. (laughs) All right, but the program's coming up in just a second. We have everything you need to know um, on the Durham report and so much more. Make sure you're you're hearing the uh, opening monologue of today's show and and also hour number two about experts. Anyway, May is Military Appreciation Month at American Giant. All members of the military community, active duty, reservists, National Guards, veterans, military family members, receive a 30% discount. It's American Giant way of saying thank you for your service and protecting our freedom. We couldn't do what we do without you because they do it all in America. American Giant, founded on the principles of putting in a hard day's work and making a product that makes a difference with American workers, American cotton, American quality. So much of what our country used to be is gone. The products that last, gone. American Giant is committed to leading the way to show that Americans can still make quality clothing right here and clothing that lasts. It's great clothing. American-Giant.com slash military and receive your 30% military discount. American-Giant.com slash military. 30% discount this month at American-Giant.com slash military. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Let's go to uh, Jake Tapper, because I think this one is uh, the only example of an honest uh, reporter from yesterday on the Durham report. Here's what he said on CNN. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped and it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It, It is regardless devastating to the FBI and to a degree it does exonerate Donald Trump. Wait, what? Now, so you know. Jake Tapper was one of the first ones to really jump on that bandwagon and say, this is true. He was he is involved in a Russia scandal. So for him to reverse himself, that's a big deal for him to be on CNN and reverse himself. That's a big deal. Maybe we're starting to see a little bit, a little bit of actual journalism come out from Jake Tapper. Now, here's what we found out. This is uh, <clears throat> this is quite amazing. What we found out yesterday was the FBI had zero, zero intel or faith in any of this. So they opened an investigation on something they had no faith on. They had no intel. And more importantly, what we found out 
is that they had been briefed on the fact that Hillary and her campaign was going to discredit Trump by claiming Russian collusion. Joe Biden was made aware of uh, Clinton campaign plans. Um, He was told in a meeting August 3rd, 2016, August 3rd, 2016, by then CIA director John Brennan in the Oval with Barack Obama, Biden and James Comey, the FBI director and other senior administration official officials. They were discussing Russia's efforts to interfere in the election. And according to Breton's handwritten note and his recollections from the meeting, he briefed on relevant intelligence known to date on Russian election interference, including the this is in a quote, the Clinton plan intelligence. Now, what was that? Durham writes. Specifically, Director Brennan's declassified handwritten notes reflect that he briefed the meeting's participants regarding the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on the 26th of July of a proposal from one of her campaign advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by the Russian security services, end quote. Now, how can any American say this is not a big deal? Not only did all of this and we already knew we knew it came from the Clinton campaign. Remember, the early stories was this came from a GOP operative. Remember, that was the early thing. This came from a GOP operative. They were doing uh, they were doing research. No, no. The president, the FBI, the CIA, everyone knew that it was decided on July 26th and then briefed in the Oval in August that Hillary Clinton had something called the Clinton Plan Intelligence, where she would release things to try to get the spotlight off of her email scandal. Durham noted that even though Comey was in attendance at this meeting, it did not spark any FBI action. So Comey knew from the beginning. So every time you saw Comey on television saying, well, we don't know. And there's some evidence that we really have to look into. He had been briefed in August and took no action on Hillary Clinton. Then when the Durham report came out, not the Durham report, the um, Christopher Steele file, when that came out, they all knew that that was the Clinton plan intelligence. The Durham report goes on to say none of them had any faith in it at all. In fact, while filing for the FISA court uh, filings, To be able to spy on Trump, the Durham report says the agents didn't then or in hindsight have any belief that any of these things were true. Okay, so let's just start adding up the crimes here. You have intel that one campaign 
is going to release false information to tie them to the Russians. Your FBI knows it. Your CIA director is briefing the president, the vice president, Joe Biden, about the Clinton plan intelligence. And they do nothing. But then when they are delivered something that they know comes from the Clinton campaign, they turn on the machine. They then start, the FBI then starts leaking this information to the press, which they have zero confidence in. Durham noted that during Comey's attendance at this meeting, it didn't spark any FBI action. He further highlighted an August 22nd, 2016 email that an FBI cyber analyst sent to the bureau employees and senior intelligence officials informing them of the details of the Clinton plan. They failed to remember any follow-up actions the Bureau might have taken after the second briefing on it. Then the FBI, when they got the Steele dossier, remember, the one that no one in the administration believed anything in it, the one that they knew came from Clinton, the one they had been told months before was coming in the Clinton campaign what was it to the uh, Clinton plan intelligence when they got it they went to Christopher Steele he's the author of the dossier and offered a million dollars will will pay you and pay your primary sources money if anyone is able to prove this so now when Hillary Clinton's operatives couldn't get anything really solid, they pass it to the FBI. The FBI looks at this and goes, this is garbage. Yeah, I know, but it could be true. All right, offer him a million dollars if he can come up with something. Uh, okay, anybody have a problem with that? Anybody? Then... Uh, they went, one of the FBI agents, Brian Otten, traveled to Rome and met with Steele on October uh, 2016. And he made the offer knowing that it relied primarily on one person or subsource. The Bureau paid that subsource. That subsource was... Uh, Igor Dechenko, they paid him almost a quarter of a million dollars, even after he was unable to provide any evidence for a single claim. Your tax dollars paid him. Now, this is going to get worse. More shockingly, according to the Durham report, the FBI had significant evidence that Dechenko himself was Russian intelligence. It had closed a counterintelligence investigation into him on tw uh, in 2011 because agents mistakenly believed he had left the country. 
The FBI investigated Dechenko as a possible Russian spy from 2009 to 11 after a colleague at the Brookings Institute, the left-leaning think tank where he worked, told the FBI that Dechenko raised the prospect of paying him for classified information if the colleague joined the Obama administration. A second Brookings employee also told the FBI he suspected Dechenko of being connected to Russian intelligence. It became a full-fledged investigation when the FBI realized that Dechenko was a known associate of two other spies and had contacts with known Russian intelligence offices and had said he wanted to join the Russian diplomatic service. He also told another person that he worked on special matters for the Russian army and that his Russian passport listed him as connected to the Russian military intelligence service. They paid him 250000 to prove that Trump was colluding with people like him. He couldn't come up with that evidence. Um, let me take you to Jonathan Turley. Jonathan Turley said the, APA, the AP tried to dismiss this as not the crime of a century, but Donald Trump termed it. But whether or not anyone will ever be held accountable is hard to get around that indeed nothing like this has ever been done before or that it was so damaging and divisive to our nation. What's criminal is that the, it appears people might get away with it. That doesn't mean it wasn't the crime of the century. It just means people are not being held to account. There is so much wrongdoing involved in all of this, but let's point out one big lie that we always knew was a lie, which the report now confirms. Do you remember when Adam Schiff, then the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, claimed he had seen evidence that he couldn't share with us demonstrating the Russian collusion? Now that the report verifies there never was anything what was that evidence, Adam? Given Durham's findings that there was no basis for action taken by the FBI in launching the investigation, it would be a good time for former House Intelligence Chair Adam Schiff to reveal the evidence that showed the Russian collusion. There is no evidence. So here's what you have, America. You have a former president that knew someone was going to attack the Republican candidate and make up a story about Russian intelligence so the press would not talk to Hillary Clinton about her emails. The president knew about it. The vice president knew about it. The CIA knew about it. And the FBI knew about it. But they took no action at all. Now, if that isn't throwing an election, I don't know what is. If that's not making sure your person wins because you immediately follow it up with being delivered that that you know is false, being delivered, and then start leaking everything to the press from official sources. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to be happy until people go to jail. Now, the FBI did come out and they said in their statement, 
The conduct in the 2016 and 2017 special counsel Durham examined was the reason that the current FBI leadership already implemented dozens of corrective actions, which now have been in place for some time. So they fixed it. Nothing to see here. No one went to jail. No one was fired. No one was held accountable. But trust us, they say, we've fixed it. Boy, I'm so close to using a word that I know I can't use and follow it with you to the FBI. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, Now streaming... Uh, this hour of the podcast on Twitter every day. First hour of the broadcast is live on YouTube. Uh, but those are, you know, the schlubs, really. Uh, it's the Twitter people that we like the most. Don't, wouldn't you say, Stu? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, After, you know, mm-hmm. this hour for the, you know, for the right people, really, mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter. Okay, anyway, um, if you watch the news and you're watching uh, anything from the left, you are going to hear a completely different story on the uh, Durham report. And you're going to hear that they have absolutely nothing. uh, Nobody did any wrong. And you could make a case because he's not asking for anybody to be fired or anybody to jail time. Nothing, nothing. Um, and, uh, so it seems like a big fat zero. However, if you actually read the report, it is extraordinarily disturbing. Sean Davis is with us. He is the Federalist CEO and co-founder. Welcome, Sean. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. So which is it? Is it disturbing or a big nothing burger? Oh, it, it's, it's beyond disturbing. It, it's horrifying. And, you make a good point, um, which the, the left-wing media are trying to glom onto. Well, if it's so bad, why were there no prosecutions? Durham actually talks about this in his report, and I'm going to paraphrase him here, but it's that all the cases he was going to bring had to be brought in D.C. because that's where the crimes were perpetrated. You're not getting a, a fair trial or a jury of your peers in D.C. D.C. is uh, uniformly left-wing, went 95% for Democrats. And in political cases, which this clearly was, they're they're going to vote the way they would vote at the ballot box in the voting booth, not based on what the facts and the law are. That's a real problem because we have all of these important cases of corruption are going to have to be tried in D.C. How do you solve that? It, I actually think it's super easy. Uh, you know, the founders, they didn't want D.C. to be a state because they didn't want this district that houses the entire federal government be able to hold the federal government hostage and get what it wants. We actually have that now, regardless of whether D.C. is uh, technically a state or not. I think you have to completely uh, get rid of the the D.C. trial court and the D.C. circuit court, and you have to farm out these types of cases randomly to field offices and U.S. attorneys throughout the country. Get rid of D.C. being able to control what happens in these cases and send these cases to Nebraska, Texas, Tennessee, Idaho. 100%. 100%. You're right. Um, So, Sean, they they um, uh, show that they the FBI knew the CIA knew the former president, Barack Obama and Joe Biden. They all knew that 
Clinton. They even had a name for it. Uh, the, uh, you know, Clinton investigative project or something. They knew that she in early in the summer had made the decision to try to tie Donald Trump to Russia. So they knew that and they were they she was doing it to get people off of her trail for the um, the uh, emails that were on her server. And they the FBI didn't do anything on that. And then when they got the documents that they knew were from her team, they knew there was nothing in that. But they launched this investigation and then started leaking these things to the media. How is this not massive election interference? It's 100 percent election interference. And I'll tell you, we've we've been hearing about Watergate ad nauseum for about 50 years now this makes watergate look like child's play it does watergate was a two-bit break-in that happened once at a party headquarters this was an entire coordinated effort across the whole of the u.s government the intel community the cia the fbi that was perpetrated against a political campaign against a president and against the american people who elected him everyone involved should be in prison everyone I mean, th- this, this is so much bigger than Watergate and so much more destructive because we now know w- with complete certainty that the FBI itself is not a law enforcement organization. It is a vassal for the Democrat Party, and it mm-hmm. exists to do nothing other than what the Democrat Party wants. And I would say the CIA um, and all of the intelligence agencies are on that same track, if not leading it. I mean... Look at what they did with Hunter Biden. The next election, they already plant. They have the laptop and they know about it. And then our intelligence community meets with social media and says, you know, they're going to probably come out with something on Hunter Biden. But be careful. Be careful because Russian disinformation. And then they knowingly to help the Biden campaign, they write something that was written With their understanding that it was to be used to help Biden win at a debate. I mean, and it was it was a former acting director of the CIA who put that letter together. But it's actually even worse than what you described. We we broke a story last week based on uh, evidence that congressional investigators have in the weaponization committee that the CIA itself was soliciting signatures for that letter, which they all knew was a lie. The FBI had that laptop for a year. They had gotten it a year prior pursuant to a federal grand jury subpoena. So they all knew it was a lie. But I think it's important that we don't forget that these are not recent misdeeds by the FBI. It's not like this was a glittering organization until a couple years ago. They were conceived in shenanigans. Their building is named after J. Edgar Hoover, a guy who's known yeah. for blackmailing members of Congress to get the way he wants. This agency is irreparable. Oh, so you're one of the extremists that want to fire the FBI. Want us to be without any policemen on the streets. Wow. That's what they say, Sean. It is. I will say that's not quite accurate. I also want to get rid of the, the CIA and all of the other three-letter agencies. <laughs> So do I to declare war against the American public. Yeah. Um, you know, we we survived for what, 200 years, 150 years without a corrupt FBI rigging elections. I think maybe we should go back to that. Yeah. Uh, so. So, Sean, what do we do 
because I don't think anyone is is going to jail for this. We had uh, the IRS on Monday fire everyone that could have been the whistleblower, just fired the entire team that's been looking into the uh, to tax fraud uh, from Hunter Biden. Uh, that sounds like retaliation. Um, how, how do we stop it when the Justice Department has to be the ones to prosecute and you're doing it in D.C.? Can the Republicans do anything? That's such a good question. And I think it comes back down to Congress having to once again do its job. Over the past 30, 40 years, Congress has really enjoyed outsourcing all of its actual duties under the Constitution to the administration, yep. to the executive branch. They like this because they don't have any more accountability anymore. They just to go get to go out and play politics and blame the executive branch. It's time for them to take back their Article One authority and actually do oversight. All these agencies exist at the pleasure of Congress. They exist because Congress funds them and Congress created them. And I would say it is long past time for Republicans to get a spine and to get some intestinal fortitude and do their jobs and rein in these agencies, if not defund them entirely. So can they do that without a budget? Absolutely. The power of the purse is absolute. Article 1, Section 9, it's just so many of these guys are afraid of their own shadows. Uh, they don't want to do anything that anyone in the media might characterize as mean or harsh. God. Oh, man, we are just, where are the, where are the uh, winter patriots? Where are they? Um, Sean, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll be looking forward to uh, more from you uh, at the Federalist, which is a great, great website. You, you uh, put something really tremendous together. So thanks for that. Well, too. Thank you, sir. You bet. Sean Davis from uh, the um, Federalist, the co-founder and CEO. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So where do we start? Where do we start? Where do we start? Well, let me get let me get the bad news in and then give you sugar. OK, let me give you some. And this isn't necessarily bad news because our Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve say this is absolutely untrue. So it is a conspiracy theory, I'm sure. Weiss Ratings, the nation's only independent ratings agency that regular, regularly evaluates the relative safety of U.S. banks and credit unions, has made an announcement. Now, so you know, you may not know Weiss ratings. Since 2008, there have been 539 banks that have failed. Weiss ratings, because they check on them regularly and do stress tests on them, uh, they provided advance warning on 535 of them, or 99.3%. That's it. Just the that's 90, it. So they missed a full 0.7%. Yes, okay. yes. But we have the Fed who is all on top of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they knew things like inflation is transitory. So oh, okay. you good. can go to them. Now, here's the announcement. They have warned that only 4,243 banks could be vulnerable to failure. Now. I want you to hear this whole Wait, thing out. Well, 4,200. I know that sounds bad. It does. Okay, it sounds bad. But you're really looking at 1,210 institutions or 12.8 that have now red warning flags 
signaling a risk of imminent failure. 12.8% of our banking? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not 4,243. No, it's not 42%. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's... it's 1,210 banks. Are those, so, uh, I'm trying to understand this. So they're saying 1,200 banks are have a red flag Yes, that signifies imminent, imminent risk. No, no, no. Imminent failure. I thought you said imminent risk no, of no, failure. No, no, no. A signaling risk. Oh, yeah, you're right. Of imminent failure. Risk of imminent okay. failure. Okay, so not guaranteed, but yeah. imminent means very soon and yeah, probable. Prob- probable. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now... Uh-huh. The 3,043 banks, they only got a yellow warning flag. Okay, that's good. And they say... What does that mean? They're only at risk of failure in some sort of a financial crisis or a recession. <laughs> you mean if like 1,243 banks fail? <laughs> that, it could. That type of situation? I mean, you could look <laughs> at it that way. Okay. Uh, okay. In some, 45% of all banks and credit unions are deemed vulnerable. Um, but I... I mean, the, that's not even half conspiracies, right? Conspiracy. How many banks do we need? That, right. Uh, what about having just one? Right. You know, that would make it so much easier. Yeah. Hey, have you heard that the ESG uh, things, they're falling apart? Mm. Yeah. It's weird when you make like half the amount of money on your investments that everybody else is making. You know, it's weird how fast people like, uh, I think I want out of this. I think I because I think there's been a lot of conservative pushback on this stuff led by, uh, you know, you largely um, talking about all of these uh, ESG. Yeah. uh, You know, uh, all the negatives of the ESG situation. But I think like in some ways, I'm I hope that what you just said is true and that people are just looking at it, realizing it's worse. It's they're not even performing well and are abandoning it on them. It's not a political thing, right? They're abandoning it because it doesn't work. Correct. That's even better. That is better than 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 just proving to them that it's a bad idea. Let's just remember that those people still have power that came up with that really bad idea that cost you money. But usually when, I mean, who knows, right? Mm -hmm. We know this isn't always the case, but usually when you introduce a new product, let's say, and it fails, Uh Uh you don't typically get rewarded for that. And I exactly right. It is like to send a signal there. It's exactly like, you know, (laughs) if you are doing crack cocaine on uh-huh. the and i am you know mm-hmm. and you're smoking it and yep, snorting coke on the belly of a hooker correct you generally don't get rewarded for that mm-hmm. uh, but hunter biden uh, oh hunter, so, we were talking about hunter biden that time yes yeah. i agree with your analysis of hunter, <laughs> hunter biden okay now here comes some sugar now i'm going to start slow because i don't want to give you a sugar high because that'll just wear it you know wear off quickly so let me give you just a little dose of sugar here um <clears throat> The Anarchist is a uh, is a restaurant in Toronto, Canada, and it touted itself as anti-capitalist, anti-colonial cafe, shop and radical community space on stolen land. That's a long that's mm. a big sign. It's a big sign. It's a big sign. <laughs> <laughs> How many forests had to die for that the uh, yeah. wood of that sign? An anti-capitalist, anti-colonial cafe shop and radical community space on stolen land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The anarchist. Well, here's what they did, uh, and this was a brilliant idea. They sold at a profit uh, anti-Israeli literature, t-shirts depicting police being hung. Propaganda pieces promoting uh, LGBT terrorism, 
um, and, uh, you know, some other uh, inciting materials. Um, and then they peddled, you know, bigotry and, and, and everything else on their Instagram page. And here's the thing. Uh, you know, they're they're good people. Uh, you know, they they posted uh, wishing the pope, the Catholic clergy and the Canadian government um, the centuries of suffering and death that they've given the world. So I, I think that's good. The hashtag was burn every church, hail Satan and decolonize. So they're nice people just running a community place and they were they they feel for the average person they said look you just pay when you can okay you pay what you can afford pay what you can and uh what's really uh surprising is um they're out of business so end of that story <laughs> now um capitalism always wins well does it mm. miller light you would think mm-hmm. has mm, give as as has been awake, or let me say, have not been in a coma for the last month or so. I would think, but I don't know how much of their product they've consumed, but right. likely they've been. I think it would take a times. medical mm-hmm. coma okay. to not know what's happened to Bud Light. It's been an incredible gift to them. It, it, yes. Mm-hmm. There's skyrockets, and Bud loses its number one status. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big news yes. if you're in the beer industry. Right. Well, they have put together a new uh a new ad and um can 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 we uh can we play the ad please? Here's a little known fact. Women were among the very first to brew beer ever. From Mesopotamia to the Middle Ages to colonial America, women were the ones doing the brewing. Centuries later, how did the industry pay homage to the founding mothers of beer? They put us in bikinis. Yes. Wow. Oh, wait, you just took the bikini lady. Look at this shit. Wild. It's yeah, time it beer made it up to women. So today, Miller Lite is on a mission to clean up not just their shit, but the whole beer industry's shit. Oh. Miller Lite has been scouring the internet for all this shit and buying it back so that they can turn it into good shit for women brewers. Literally, wait. good shit. How okay. you ask? Stop. Okay. Oh, God, it's okay. so stupid. Uh, it's so stupid. Okay. I can't. I even... can't. I can't take it. Uh, first of all, uh, that was a very nice poster that she took down and shredded. Yeah. And, and I don't appreciate that. And just to give you some science behind it, there's absolutely no way you're getting more benefit out of shredding a document, then I guess turning it into some sort of fertilizer for beer, yeah. than the electricity used to just shred the document. Like there's no way that's, that. a good, that's a worthwhile yeah, transaction. No, it's good for the... No. Oh, it's good for everything. No. Um, I would also like to point out now this came out, um, before Bud Light. Right. Uh, and then it, you know, kind of went away and here's my thing. What were you doing for the last month? (laughs) If not trying to make sure that never saw the light of day again, right? They've been deleted off. They should have been deleted off the YouTube page. I mean, right. You if I'm Miller, I go and see if we can buy an EMP to shut down and erase and fry all the chips. So, uh, you know, they yes. say the Internet is forever. Mm, 
Not with an EMP. Do you want to be like a future draftee of the NFL deleting your old tweets? That's what you want to be. You want to be hiding your history. Because you're right. This has been a huge boom to Miller Lite and Coors Light and all these other uh, brands that are not Bud Light as they've cut their sales by 25% Mm. or whatever Mm. the the current number is. It was up as high as 25. Um, And so they come out with this, which is just, again, it goes on to tell you that they're going to take the... They, they they literally claim, and I can't imagine this is true, but they claim at Miller Lite they're going on like I guess eBay and buying up old car, uh, car uh, cardboard cutouts of bikini models for beer ads, and then having them sent to them. Which again, all of the emissions and all the other stuff associated with this is just a side hustle here. But it goes all the way to them. Then they're taking it and they're shredding. composting it, yeah. shredding it, and composting, composting it, and then using it transporting it to somewhere else again where there it's going to make beer that's going to be transported somewhere else uh there's nothing better than cardboard beer i'll tell you that yeah. right now <laughs> right if you can take that and mix it with some crap mm, you and have, you just let it steam in a pile for a while that's the original formula for miller Lite. you mm-hmm. mix it into the may i just say so mm-hmm. what you're saying is that men uh, said horrible things and took horrible pictures of women to sell beer. Yep. So you're now making that up by saying horrible things about men mm-hmm. to sell women beer. And also, I will say, can I point out horrible things about women? You're saying horrible things about women here as well, because what you're doing is denying their agency to live their lives. You see, men didn't put women in bikinis what happened is individual women sent in their headshots and body shots to try out to attempt to get the jobs this woman in a sweater is now uh criticizing by the way i don't know if you've noticed this glenn they treat these women as so much they've taken their agency so much in this ad they have actually blurred out their faces in the ad i don't know if you noticed that the bikini picture, because you weren't looking at her face in the bikini picture. <laughs> the bikini Kudos. picture. Did you did you find did, that I, out I, through Lisa? I had to well, I had to watch it like forty six <laughs> times, and eventually, oh my god, their faces are gone. <laughs> but these are individual women who mm. made individual decisions based on what they wanted to do. Now we can be critical, yeah, of that as a as a uh, a career goal. Mm. But if you're a model getting into a national ad campaign. Probably a big deal, probably something you're proud of. But this woman in a sweater says you shouldn't be proud of it. In fact, it wasn't even you doing it. Men put you in the bikinis. And well, cool. I have to tell you, um, I like the fact that she looks like mom because I've wanted my mother mm-hmm. to make all of the choices in my life. Yeah. And that can just keep going right. on. <laughs> 